This life is the gift you've been given and it's yours to design. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Get 2021 off to a great start by visiting ShipStation.com. Just use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial. ShipStation, make ship happen. Also, thanks to Headspace. Even in the new year, it's hard to start a new routine, but if you're one of the 34% of Americans who made a resolution to be less stressed, Headspace is here to help. For a free one-month trial, go to headspace.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So how was your weekend? I had a great weekend. I intentionally had a great weekend because I was kind of falling apart last week. Um just my dad's been sick and he's going through a lot. And we have another very close family member who's really, really ill. And I'm juggling all this stuff with the kids. And I just broke down over something so silly. I had this delivery that was supposed to come and they came to the gate of my neighborhood and they didn't let them in. And so I missed the delivery and I I broke down into tears and I was like, why am I crying over nothing? And, um, and I just realized we're all just going through so much, like so much is happening in the world, in our country, in our homes, right? In our neighborhoods. And so I just wanted to be really, really genuine with you and just say like, once in a while, you just would love for the world to give you some extra grace and compassion. And I'm here to give it to you. Like, this is not easy. It's not easy and it's a lot. And look at us. Look at us just showing up. Speaking of showing up, how are you liking the daily podcast episodes? I've been enjoying it. Are you liking it? I hope you're liking it. I've been doing every day in between, you know, Monday, Thursday, we do like the longer episodes, but then Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, we get these like five, 10 minute little doses let me know how you're liking it. And next week, I'm going to be showing up double time because I'm going to be doing a five-day free challenge. It's called It's Your Turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. I'm giving you the mic. It's your turn to express your heart. It's your turn to do your thing. If there was ever a time in the world where you are needed, oh, is it now? We really could use more leadership, more open hearts, more people who genuinely want to to build community, to connect, to do something inspiring. And it is so inspiring seeing people do things that they love, seeing people 
make mistakes and be messy. So come and join me. It's five days. It's free. Did I mention it's free? I will be showing up in the It's Your Turn private Facebook group every day next week at noon. And then we'll we'll also be doing a watch party in the evening. So there'll be two different times for you to be able to catch it. Also, we'll be sending you the replay if you sign up. Go to kathyheller.com slash your turn and join me next week. It's going to be awesome. I would love to see you. Okay. Now you're in for such a treat because the brilliant Sherry Salata is back on the show today. Sherry is the author of the incredible book, The Beautiful No. And that's just the tip of the iceberg because she had a 20-year career working with the one and only Oprah Winfrey. In fact, she was the executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show, and she was president of Harpo Studios and OWN. Pretty, pretty cool, I would say. She was on our podcast last year with her co-host from a podcast she used to do called The Sherry and Nancy Show. You should definitely go check out that episode. But this time she's here to walk us through the steps for real transformation. She's going to talk to us about how to intentionally design the life that we want and claim our worthiness to receive it. This is such an important conversation and Sherry has so much wisdom to share with all of us. So without further ado, please welcome the amazing Sherry Salata. I'm so happy. It is just such an honor. It's just such a gift to spend time with you. You are a person of so much integrity and goodness. For anyone who hasn't heard the first episode that we did, or for anyone for whatever reason, maybe doesn't know, I do want to give them a little bit of the insight. So first and foremost, so Sherry wrote an incredible book. It's called The Beautiful No. She is a dear friend of mine. And part of her CV includes being executive producer of the Oprah show, as well as president of Harpo, president of OWN, which she did so well. But the story of how you got there is part of what you talk about in the book. Tell us a little bit about The Beautiful No. And before we get into today's topic, which is really going to be juicy and talking about transformation and really designing your life, the life that you really intentionally want to design. Before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about how the no's in your life wound up leading you to everything. Well, it was so strange. That title, The Beautiful No, which is the title story in my memoir, is really about how I got the job at the Oprah show. 35 years old, fairly entry-level position, just kind of a regular old promo producer. And what had happened right before that was one of the biggest disappointments of my life. A job interview at a big time ad agency. I was out of money. I needed the money so bad. I was so desperate, like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll work on the big clients. I want the better title. I, you know, I'm, I'm running out of money. And I thought I had the job and then I, I didn't get it. I got a no. And a few years before that, I had applied at the Oprah show and got a no from them saying, you know, you're really not what we're looking for, which wasn't a huge surprise because advertising and TV were very different. And then lo and behold, after that big disappointment where I could literally feel my hands open, like, well, I don't even know what to do now. I'm 35, I'm out of money. I I keep going down these paths, nothing really blossoms. I'm an embarrassment for my parents. I feel like a, a failure and a disappointment. And the message comes on my answering machine. Hey, we were cleaning out a closet here at the Oprah Winfrey Show promo department and found your resume. 
will you come in and freelance for us? And, you know, of course, that was the beginning of what became a very storied career. And I'd like to tell you that I was wise enough to know at the time that that no was beautiful, that 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 big job I really wanted. But it was a few years later down the yellow brick road when I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. If I had gotten that job, senior ad producer, big fancy schmancy agency, you know, more money than I'd ever made in my life, would I have had the courage two weeks later to quit that job with its 401k and its profit sharing and its everything to go take a chance at the Oprah Winfrey show? No way. I'm just telling you, I know, no way. I was scared. I was scared I was going to have to like move back in with my parents or something. So I realized that no is the most beautiful no that I've ever gotten. And it turns out I've come to believe that all no's have a quality of beauty about them. And the mastery, the mastery that we're all seeking is to understand that in the moment and waste no time on that dance of disappointment. It's like you take a day, you cry your tears, and then you realize the universe has something really special in store for you. It brought me to tears um, already because there is such a light in you and there is such a sincerity. And to think of someone cleaning out a closet and finding your name, and then one day this this girl who's just sitting there doing this little freelance job is noticed. And it's yeah. like, you come over here. When did that go down? And was it her who saw you or was it another producer who saw you? But when did that switch? And they went, oh, yeah. this is what you're bringing to the table. Well, gosh, darn it. It, d- it didn't really ever feel like a moment, but I had gotten some really good advice. My former boss had said to me, I know what you can do. Don't worry about promotions. Don't worry about moving up. Don't worry about any of that. Just focus on what they're paying you to do. And I believe that Oprah will pluck you out. And I would say many people plucked, you know, like someone who would say, hey, would you work on this? Hey, would you work on that? I was not the only executive producer of the Oprah show. I was the last one, the last one for the last five years but there were wonderful executive producers that would give me a chance to write a script, to produce a book club, um, to do little things. But the big moment was that the shock and awe moment in that building was when Oprah made me the executive producer. That was one of those things where I had to say to her, I think you're making a mistake. (laughs) I don't think this is a good idea. and, and I made her write down on a piece of paper, why? And she said, because you know my heart. And I, I took that little piece of paper and I framed it and that was on my desk for 10, 12 years. And I would remember every day when, when it felt like the world was falling out of my head, I would, had 100,000 balls in the air, so many people to be responsible for, such a legacy to uphold. Like, why does she think I can do this? And then I would just read that and I would say, okay, here I go. I got it. 
It literally brings me to tears because she is somebody who you would think, gosh, you know, one of the most famous people in the history of the world. But yet it can be a very lonely place to be and to feel seen and to recognize that you, that she knew that you could see her. You have a goodness in you. It is so true and so genuine. Kathy, it matters. But I'm saying it matters so much because think of that. A person at that level who is beloved by billions and in a sea of billions of people, she's like, but you see me, right? You can see me and there's no agenda. And that is who you are. And that counts for a lot, right? And and who would have thought that when you're managing a 7-Eleven, that your ability to be the kind of human that you are would be recognized. And it's so powerful. And really that is one of her incredible legacies is how she can see into other people and how many people she created stars out of for just seeing them, just seeing them for who they are. And you did that for her. You did that for her. Uh, it, It was truly an honor, really an honor. Also at the same time, I will also tell you, even when, when we talk about it, it feels like another life and it feels like a dream. Like I can remember some parts of it. It was, it was at a very rapid pace. There are certain like memories that are indelible, but there are a lot of things, you know, someone will come up to me and say, oh, I met you when I was on the show. Do you remember? And I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, 250, 350 people that you're meeting a day. And so I'm like, yes, kind of. But I will say that that journey was foundational for everything I'm becoming. And I say becoming because... I think for a lot of us, we get to a certain place in our life and we start to think where it's time to wrap up, that that's all you get at, you know, you, you've gone through the shop, your time for shopping is up now wrap it up and go sit in a lawn chair while other people come up. Mm-hmm. And what I'm here to tell you is that as long as you are breathing air, as long as you are breathing, as long as your little heart is beating, you are in the process of transformation. You are creative. You are offering a signal. You are sending yourself out into the world. You are making things. You are dreaming things up. You are visioning as long as your heart is beating. And um, to deprive yourself of that, you know, the, the tendency is well, whether people retire or have a big job or raise, you know, beautiful children. And then it's like, well, I guess I'm done. I say no to that. I say resist the temptation to assume stories in the culture that aren't yours and really understand that you know, you get to keep refining this life. You get to keep evolving it. My life, even though I had the best job on the planet, my life is so much better right now than it was because I've kept going. These are my glory days. Tomorrow will be my next set of glory days. And I think that mindset is crucial Mm -hmm. to really arriving in your own life. 
Oh, what you just said is music. It's absolutely beautiful. And I want to touch on something that you said, and then I want to go into this transformation. But you said before, you know, there was a part of me that was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to live up to this, to do this job. You said, I, I told her, I don't I think you're making a mistake. I mean, I can't even imagine the degree of imposter syndrome, which we hear about constantly from everyone in our community that you would have being given the captain's chair to quarterback that show, right? In its most successful moment. And how did you rise into that? And what did you learn about imposter syndrome? And what did you learn about doing the work that you are being assigned to do without shrugging and saying, I do not think I can do this? Yeah, I've often in the quiet of my own heart in a meditative state asked myself, how did you do that? How did you rise up beyond your trepidation, your fear, your worry, because it wasn't like I was in a small office somewhere. Like my mistakes would be global. Right. You know, um, nobody admired and believed in the mission more than me. So, so screwing that up would be like going off a cliff. So I think at the end of the day, we all have a little bit of this, this presence in us that we can grow and nurture, which is when the chips are down, bet on yourself. You know, like I might blow off or fail or not want to do some things that I'm, I'm kind of afraid of, but when my back is against the wall, I will bet on myself every time because when my back is against the wall, there's nowhere else to go, but forward. Hmm. And it's just dig down and figure it out and do it and then go in a corner because, you know, nobody on the team wants to see me biting my nails going, ah, you know, so it's like, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Oh my God. Go off into another (laughs) side room. Is it going to be fine? You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, as best you can, you calm yourself down and come back in and your back's against a wall and you keep moving forward and you have to shut down that story in your mind about all the ways this could go wrong, all the ways you might fail, uh, how awful you're going to feel when you do, all the ways you're not good enough. You literally have to say, turning that off, and I am going to insert a different story. And that's the story I'm going to listen to as, as often as I can. Yep. It's so powerful. And what's really just so obvious to me, the Oprah show, especially in that moment of the Oprah show, it's such sacred ground. I would say that it is a, the living room of that stage is almost at a higher vibration than the White House. Okay. It's like that stage, right? That place, the people who entered that field, you were playing with the best minds, the best that this culture has to offer. And the way that you not only served the people of this world, but also what you must have learned, right? The PhD that you got in life from the human beings, whether it's Eckhart Tolle or Steven Spielberg, or like every human who has something of value to offer was in your midst. And so who better (laughs) to really share with the world what it looks like to design a life, what it looks like to really transform than the person who was literally studying 
from the giants. I mean, it was a once in a universe, what you guys did. That is yeah. never happening again. It's never happening again. And, and it definitely, there was something that the timing was divine. The cast was divine. The team, there was just, you know, divine energy all around that vortextural moment in time that the right audience showed up, the right people showed up to do the work, the right woman showed up to be ready to lead it. And by that, I mean, Oprah and, and the right things were talked about and had a life of its own. So yes, I had a front row seat and I had up until that point, you could always find me in the self self-help aisle of any bookstore because it's like, give me something. I want some food. I want spiritual food. I want emotional food. I want, you know, give me something. And I would go on any program, do everything, you know, who's, who's the guru of the week for me. Um, what's the best selling book. And through the process of the Oprah show, I, I often say the, the best company benefit that I ever got from working at Harpo studios was being paid to build a spiritual life. And in, you know, Deepak and Eckhart and Marianne and over and over and over, what I began to see is these are the languages and the courses and the programs being presented to us. And it's our job as our own guru to listen and see what resonates and see if this language works for me, see if this stirs something in me. And to really ultimately, in the end, what we're doing is creating our own program from this beautiful buffet of offerings. So, you know, that's the opportunity I had to be like, oh, I see what this is. Mm -hmm. A real spiritual leader, a real spiritual teacher, a real thought leader's job is to make themselves ultimately irrelevant. Mm because you've picked up your own mantle yeah. and now you get it. That's right. Now you know what makes you feel good, what, what shifts your energy, how to handle this, that, and the other, because you've done the intake. I love this conversation, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. Last year was so stressful for all of us, but what if this year you had something to help you become less stressed? That's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app that's advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Whatever the situation is, Headspace really can help you feel better. Whether you want to feel less overwhelmed, get better sleep, boost focus, improve your overall well-being, or even do a morning meditation with your kids, Headspace has a meditation for you. With Headspace, you can build a life-changing meditation practice. In fact, just 30 days of Headspace lowers stress by 32%, and just four sessions can reduce burnout by 14%. I'm a big fan of the Headspace app. I love that I can do these mindfulness meditations on my own schedule. Lately, I've been doing their meditations on managing anxiety because let's be honest, honest, a lot has been going on in the world lately, and it's been so helpful to create some space to redirect those fears and some of that anxiety. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash dreamjob. That's headspace.com slash dreamjob for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash dreamjob today and get a free one-month trial. 
If you sell stuff online, you know how busy 2020 was. It felt like everyone and their dog was shopping online, but my guess is that 2021 is going to be even bigger. And that's why you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier with their super discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. This way you can spend less time on shipping and you can focus more on the important things like growing your business. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface so you can continue selling on platforms like Amazon, Etsy, your own website, and you can manage all of them on any device. Plus, ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. It's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. Get 2021 off to a great start by visiting ShipStation.com. Just use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial that's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in dream job. That's shipstation.com. Enter offer code dream job, shipstation, make ship happen. What does it really mean to you, this idea of transformation and how can we make that central in our life? Right. Well, there is this great little behind the scenes story that I was in the recording booth and we, Jerry Seinfeld was there and it was a big deal for him to be there. He didn't like do talk shows really or anything. <laughs> And I happened to be standing there while he and Oprah are just having a bit of a gab. And she was like, as we all do, and as I certainly did all the time, was talking about how she had to do this and had to do that and had to do this and had to do that. Because, you know, the only person who put in more hours than me was Oprah and the team, you know. And uh, Jerry just kind of looked at her and I'm standing right here. Jerry just kind of looked at her and said, huh, Why? It's your life. It's yours to design. And then that just kind of sat there. And of course, later in her office, we're like, oh my God, that was like gold from Jerry Seinfeld. Because, you know, a truth, the reason why when truth lands on us, when we're like, is because we're remembering something that right. deep inside ourselves we already know, which is this life is the gift you've been given and it's yours to design. It's yours to design. It's not for anybody else to decide how you're going to spend your time, what your passions are going to be, how you're going to organize it. You know, for, for many of us, my hands up, I've had many times in my life where external circumstances, I just let my life happen to me. It's like, oh, somebody wants me to go somewhere I'm going. Oh, somebody wants me to show up for something. I'm doing that. And next thing I know, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, oh my God, I've got the worst life and I might have the worst job because <laughs> it's like a freaking runaway train and I'm trying to keep up with it instead of, oh, it's mine to design. It's mine to design. So I'm not going to be doing everything everybody else wants me to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to design it and I'm going to decide what are my dreams? What matters to me? What's important to me? And I'm going to go through that learning process and design my own life. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful. And I think that there must be some belief that it has to be hard, um, that in order to be successful or in order to feel like we're doing anything important, we're busy and we're hustling and we're grinding. And this idea that we could create space 
and really ask the question, what do I really desire to do? That that could somehow lead us to a smoother, easier, more epic, higher resonant life. That's right. It's just not the path that we believe is available. And, and how can you show us in your own experience that it is? Right. Well, listen, I am a recovering Midwestern off to the salt mine every day with my lunch pail girl where yes, it's hard work and nothing happens without hard work. And, you know, are, are you working hard enough? And success only comes with hard work. So being able to peel those belief systems away. And the only thing that did it for me was really developing that spiritual life. Yep. And the spiritual life asks of you, what are you being? Not what are you doing? Yes. What are you being? Not what are you doing? What are you being? What you are being is what you are bringing form to in your own life. Your words are your creative tools. What you're thinking, what you're being is what's bringing form to your life. So the only thing I can say is this, I've had to demonstrate it to myself that the more I lean into being, the more I lean into only doing what I want to do and not what I think I should or have to do, the better my life gets and the more opportunities, the more ease my life becomes. It becomes easy. It becomes more of a flow. I do less things where I'm like, now, why did I do that? I still do that from time to time, but it's not so much. It's ease and flow. And, and I'm about to demonstrate to myself over the next couple of years that continue to demonstrate and to continue to unlearn the old patriarchal thinking that I have to work myself into a pile of sawdust in order to reach the top of the mountain, that I am going to grow some new wings and gently glide my way there. It's just so perfect. It really is. And it just puts me right, right where I want to sit. Like it just, those words just bring me home. I've realized that it's um, what you said, it's who you're being. And we get so fixated on the how, well, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? When, if you look at Oprah as an example, as one of the examples in this whole story, it was a vibrational match. It was, this is who I am showing up as in the world. Right. And then the door opened to give her the seat to do that, which she already gave herself yes. permission that she was. And yeah. you in the same way showed up and just said, yes, yes. And here I am. And didn't say, I probably should say no, we're not accepted because I'm worrying about the, how will I go from this job to this promotion? And what if it never, just like, here I am available period, end of discussion. And it was so obvious plucked out of the crowd. Boom, there it is. But you were a vibrational match for that. And so it is so interesting then, you know, you've already done the hardest job, right? And you come out of this now and it's like, you're relearning. Oh yeah. my gosh. Why would I now choose to go back to worrying about the how when I could just claim a state of being that would open the portal That's to this right. next chapter? That's right. So this is like advanced class now. This is like PhD wow. of life mastery, which is, it is 
settling in to the knowing that achievement and worth are not the same thing. Separating, untwining those two things and knowing that, you know, and maybe it's only because I've achieved so much that I can allow myself, I can see it now so clearly. It's not the same thing. That I was as worthy wearing the 7-Eleven smock, ringing up people's coffee as I was sitting in the executive producer chair running a big show, just as worthy, that they're not the same thing. So when you can then follow your passion and your heart with, with joy and do the things you love with joy and offer whatever gifts you come to offer with joy, and, and you already have the worth thing down cold, it's a very different experience. It's the experience of ease. You're not grinding it out because somehow secretly you don't believe you're enough. It is so powerful to hear you say that I was worth the same serving coffee at 7-Eleven. And that is a fact. Just like she was the same worthiness living in the South at 11 years old as she was taking the stage, center stage in the front of the whole world. So what are the steps to transformation? What do we need to think about and start practicing in our own life to be in this vortex? Because clearly this is so much more of the how than anything else that we could do to move our body through time and space. You know, I can tell you what I've done and what's been really helpful. And it, and it begins right here. But, but I will say this, the work of transformation cannot be done with that mean old sourpuss that might live in your head right now. Yeah. That voice has to be retired. That voice has to be thanked for whatever service they provided and sent on their way. You've got to come up with the voice. I call it the voice I speak to babies in a grocery store with. Or I, I speak <laughs> to my puppies, you know, oh, my beloved. You have to start practicing that voice because any great transformative experience, you know, if you're going to sign up for the path of transformation, you have to be willing to take that compassionate, kind, understanding gaze that you use on all kinds of other people. And you have to take a look at the landscape of your life as it stands right now. And then when you can do that, And I call it the reckoning because there's a seriousness to it, but there's also great love to it where you can start to like really ferret out what are the unlived corners of my life? Where is there less life than I would like? Where are there less experiences than I would like? What am I avoiding? What am I like, you know, hoping I don't ever have to face? And with this great, 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 great love and understanding, facing it and saying, wow, well, I can see why I didn't spend a lot of time there because I'm not very good at that. And I can see why this is a little because I've put no attention on it. And that is the beginning of the path of transformation, which is cultivating the energy of so much love for self that you can only rise. And that's what transformation is. Transformation is arising from wherever you stand. I just have to say one thing, and then I'm going to piggyback on what you just said. I am so grateful that you have 
had the knowing to step forward and really speak your truth because it's very easy for someone who was in that position behind the scenes to believe that that's where they are best serving the world. And I have had the pleasure of interviewing so many of the people who stood on that stage in the front of the crowd. And I can tell you with full certainty, when you speak, it is the combination of Liz Gilbert, Brene Brown, and all of those people put together. There is a a wisdom and a power to the way you so succinctly articulate what it is that you need to say. It is such a gift. And I'm so grateful that you got it because it's easy for the nurse to believe that the doctor needs to have center stage and she's over here and she's not grasping her gift. Yes, well, write a book and then you have to go out and talk to people about it. That will get you over your behind the scenes comfort. Well, you're so meant to be here and I can't wait to see what continues to unfold. But back to what you were saying, I remember a conversation that Brene Brown had with Oprah about shame and perfectionism and what you were just talking about. I've come to realize that so much of the killer in all of this is the shame, right? It's like, I can accept these aspects of myself. And what you're talking about is really learning to welcome all the parts of who we are to the table. Well, I think the the big scary leap, the big, big scary leap is being willing to lay out in front of the table in front of strangers and otherwise, the things that you feel the most shame about. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, we almost never do it because we haven't felt what can happen on the other side of that. I mean, when I pushed send to send off the, the final version of my memoir, all my shame's in there and I had to press send, I remember this pit in my stomach like, well, you're not going to be able to take this back. You who've kept up walls of privacy, you know, there are people who've known you forever that don't know this stuff about you. This is a moment and I'm, I could feel the desire to be like, forget it, I'm not doing it. And I'm here to tell you from the other side, having held my breath and jumped out of the plane and come to the other side and have had so many conversations about things that used to fill me with such shame. Shame and light cannot coexist. That is the theory of our beloved Brene Brown. And I will tell you, I have proven that to myself. It cannot coexist. You know, once you start having open conversations about the things that have really hurt your heart, things that fill you with complete and total embarrassment or humiliation, or the things that you most don't want anybody to know about you, it's over. You're free. You're free because you have let the light in. And when you share of yourself that way, the first thing you you find out is everybody has their same suitcases of the same stuff. And the minute we're just all a little bit more honest with each other, that we don't feel like the big fancy pants career person, or we don't feel like the, you know, the most popular girl in the world, or we don't feel like this, or we don't feel like that. All of a sudden, we don't have to play those roles anymore. And we can just get really real. That is transformation. That's like fertilizer all over the path of transformation. That is so 
It really is the word freedom. It really is. That's such a beautiful way to describe it. And so do you sort of have the wish for people that maybe they would experience that, that whether it's writing a memoir or just telling their story, do you believe that that would set a lot of people free to share their story? I do. I do think it would set a lot of people free. And, and here's, here's what I say. What I say is, again, if what I'm saying resonates, if you think, well, maybe me too, then I am up for that with, with anybody who's ready for that. Anybody who is kind of your, your toes are right up to the line that you think that maybe if I start sharing more of myself and more of my fears and more of the things I really don't want anybody to know about myself, maybe, maybe I can begin to bring it to the light too. That's what I say. Yeah. It's so powerful and it really has been my experience over and over again. And, you know, recently with our Made to Do This students, I broke down and I just cried in front of everyone. And I said, I just want to hold the space for how hard it is when you are really working to overcome certain things in yourself or you're really working to do whatever it is you set out to do. And now you know too much to go back. You know too much to go back. And yet you've been doing things to protect yourself for such a long time. And I just wanted to hold space for how human that is. And I have moments where I've spent a week doing breath work or a silent retreat or Joe Dispenza. And I am well aware of how I'm sabotaging myself. And I know I still do not want to let go of whatever this coping mechanism is. And I have to reckon with that. And I'm like, what is that? I now am choosing this suffering, this, this way that I'm sabotaging myself. It's like, yeah, because there's a six-year-old, four-year-old, nine-year-old right. who made a decision that I would not be hurt in a certain way. And it is like a survival thing. And now it's very practiced. Yes. Exactly. And so I think it's what you're saying, though, is just it's so epic. And we live in this culture of constantly seeing the most curated, perfect expressions Yes. of which it's not right. Like it's just, you know, those are all smoke and mirrors. And we know this and we know this. And so Sherry has written this beautiful memoir. And I believe that you're going to be helping other people write their story come the new year. Is that correct? Um, I am. I'm going to launch a five day free thing. It's going to be write your new story 2021. And it's going to be all the stuff we're talking about right now. Like specifically, how do you begin to look at your life differently? How do you release yourself so you can start to float up into that energy of transformation. Not the thing I used to do January 1st, which is all the, the harsh view of all the things I had to change so I could whittle myself into something more perfect. Instead, it's more like, how can I release my heart? Yeah. How can I find that new voice of love and compassion so I can float up and rise up and begin that path of transformation for myself that only I can guide myself on. Hmm. It sounds amazing. We'll make sure that everyone knows about it. Um, I certainly want to be a part of it. Just seven minutes with you. I feel like I, I just spent 16 hours in a, in a meditation. That's how I honestly feel. You know, I wanted to ask you 
when you were talking about looking ahead at this new year, which we all are, what would you say might be one question to ask ourselves, one little step into designing the life that we really want for this new year? Yes. All right. So I'll I'll share what I'm doing with my own self. Here's the very simple question. Every area of your life, what do you want now? Not just what do you want, what do you want now? I mean, this time last year, I was concocting this five-city speaking career, traveling all over, hither and yon, uh, living out of a suitcase, life. And then, of course, it all got, it it was canceled. Hmm. And now I go, is that what you really wanted to do? I'm not sure that was. Right. I'm not sure that was. I mean, I was launching myself down a path. I mean, a little bit of that, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of a homebody. And I'm like, is that the joy, the wonder, the yeah. glory days that I'm creating now? So that's what I realized. The powerful question for me, and, and I think for everybody else, because I don't think we take the time, it seems too indulgent, but it's right. not, this, this is powerful. This is called designing your life. It's yours to design. Thank you, Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) What do I want now? Right now, not six months ago, not two years ago, not 10 years ago. What do I want now? And that, that is what comes after that sentence is part of the treasure map for 2021. I love it so much. Let me just ask you one other thing, which is you've, journeyed so far as a human yourself, and you've met some of the most incredible people. What is one of the consistent things that you see in all of these people, in all of you, that is a thread of, oh, this is what I see over and over again, that has allowed that person to create such a truly successful life, a rich, wealthy, in terms of happy, successful Right. well-being in their life. All right. So here's the, the million dollar secret. Not all of them are happy. And that there's nobody who knows more than you do. Wow. There's nobody who knows more than you do. You might not have excavated it yet. You might not have freed yourself from your limiting beliefs, but there's nobody who knows more than you do. And all the wisdom in the world, all it is, is just um, an excavation tool to remind you about what you know is truth. But not everybody's happy because they're human. They're human. And you know what the human tendency is, especially for people in this group who I'm sure are very high achievers. Yeah. They're people who want to create, want to have an impact, very much like all those wisdom keepers. What gets very easy to do is that you get so caught up in the doing, you don't even notice your own unhappiness. Hmm. So that really is job one. It's not out there. It's not on your calendar. It's not your next launch. It's not that. It's like, it's right here, right inside. What do you want now? How do you feel now? Are you happy right now? What are you willing to choose happiness? What is the story that you want to tell yourself about your life? And how do you begin to write it? It's so big and I can totally relate to it. I said to my audience recently, like when I have a day off, 
I don't know what to do and I don't really feel so happy. I, I really know myself through what I do when yeah. I'm doing. And I wonder, since you are such a doer and a recovering yeah. super doer and had been around some of the highest achievers that have ever walked the face of the earth, what indeed did or does make you slash them happy when you're not doing? I do wonder, like when Oprah has six days off, which probably never happens, is she going crazy? Or is it like, no, no, I, I love petting my dogs. Like, do you find that you're doing it different? I'm going to call you out and say, yes, because you're in purpose and you're in flow, you do know yourself when you're doing what yeah. you were made to do. And then you take that same energy and you just splash it over and move it over the other areas of your lifescape, as I like to call it and think about it, just ooze that same energy over everything else. And you're good. You're good. That, that's different than marching off to the salt mine and living a life of half do's. I have, right, to work. I, have to, yeah. I have to do this until I can take a vacation. Right. I have to stay in my chair until six o'clock. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. Where you're literally using language to rob yourself of your own yeah. freedom. So that's a very different thing. Oh my um, gosh. I love that you just said that. That means so much to me because I really don't do anything I have to do. I love what yeah. I do. Yes. And you and I had this conversation recently with Rachel Platten and Amy Purdy, and we were all on a Zoom call talking about Candace Nelson. Like I said, well, we all have to do and do. And it's like, no, 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 we, we feel purpose in what we're doing, right? I don't want, I don't have a desire to sit back and watch Netflix. It doesn't come to me. I'm like, oh, should I want to do that? Should I want to, is that wrong? You know, I like to do this, but yeah. you reframed it, right? Because it's not a salt mine kind of job for me. I just love it so much. And I, I want to end with this last question. You know, so much of the process of asking and then receiving is the worthiness to receive. Right. And so much of what I see is if we can maybe get the courage to ask, that other piece is much harder, which is the worthiness to receive that which we're asking for. What do you have to say about that when a part of us really resists feeling worthy of receiving. Yeah. What can we do to unlock that? Here's the process as I understand it based on those spiritual teachings, which is you don't even really have to ask because you're just doing that automatically all day long. Don't really like this. Would rather have this. Don't really like this. And, and it's given, you know, so, so it is lined up and it's waiting. Your job is what do I want now? And making happiness your compass. Your job is to, what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling trepidation. I'm feel, you know, what I really want to feel is I really want to feel calm and I want to feel ease. What are the practices that I know I need to do? Is it a walk around the block? Like really get granular with it. So like, how do I get to neutral? I'm not feeling good. How do I get to neutral? Do I cuddle with my puppy? Do I make a cup of tea? Do I just remind myself? Do I do my appreciation list? Like what are your practical tools to get back to neutral? And then do a little appreciating like, you know what? It is good. Life is good and it's going to be okay. And that is getting yourself ready to receive. 
that is working on your worthiness. If you just try to take your, your old worthiness story and polish it up, you're going to feel a little fraudulent. So let's set that aside for now, knowing that when you do esteemable practices, when you add ceremony in your life, that's an honoring of yourself. And sooner or later, you're like, wow, I feel better. And I feel better about me because you are now worthy of lighting the candle and taking the moment and asking the question and making the tea and taking a break and going on the walk. Those esteemable practices are the things that create self-esteem, that esteem for yourself. And it's one of the most beautiful, powerful, doable things that I've ever heard. Tell us where they can continue to find you and follow along and how can they sign up for whatever's coming next? Yes, sherrysalata.com. I'm going to throw everything up there, sherrysalata.com. And then I'll do the, the big course in January that you have pulled out of me. <laughs> Let's not even act like you're not behind the scenes inspiring me. So that'll be my my big offering in the new year. So yeah, so sherrysalata.com. That's where everything. Thank you for being here. And I will let everybody know about this launch that you're doing this five days. It's going to be so awesome to write our way into the new year with you by our side. You are the very best. I love you too. To be continued. (laughs) Bye. How awesome is she? Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one, All no's have a quality of beauty about them. The mastery that we're seeking is to understand that in the moment and waste no time in the dance of disappointment. Take a day to cry and then realize the universe has something so special in store for you. Number two, as long as you're breathing and your heart is beating, you are in the process of transformation. Number three, when the chips are down and your back is against the wall, bet on yourself. Number four, this life is the gift you've been given. It's yours to design. Number five, achievement and worth are not the same thing. Number six, shame and light cannot coexist. Share your story and it will set you free. Number seven, ask yourself, what do you want right now? Your job is to find out what do I want now and make your happiness your compass. Number eight, there's no one who knows more than you do. And number nine, add esteemable practices and ceremony in your life. Honor yourself. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I know you have a zillion things you could be doing. So thank you for being here. Also, don't forget next week, the five-day free challenge. Go to kathyheller.com slash your turn. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to dive in. I'm going to help you figure out what is your thing? What is this thing that's been calling to you? How do we clarify it and how do we turn it into a business What are the steps? We're going to have so many fun things going on. There's going to be giveaways. I'll be giving away scholarships to my program made to do this. There'll be some special guests. Get on in there. It's free. kathyho.com slash your turn. Also, speaking of five-day challenges that we talked about before, you guys, Sherry is actually doing a challenge this week and it's free. You can go to sherrysalata.com slash transformation and sign up. She's going to be talking all about how you can design life of your dreams, how you can design an intentional life for yourself and write your own story. She has so much to say about writing memoir and writing writing our story and also writing our future, right? So go check it out. It's free, sherrysalata.com slash transformation.
If you want to be in on our daily episodes for the podcast and get more amazing conversations like this one, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and please leave us a review and a rating because we want other people to find it and boy, does that really help. And lastly, did this episode inspire you? Can you think of one person in your life who would benefit from listening to it? If the answer is yes, and it really is yes, take a second right now and email this show, email the link, text the link, or post about it on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller and I'll repost it. I love you and I'll be talking to you tomorrow for another quick little bite daily dose. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.